Hi everybody, that's Allie. And that is Dash. Welcome to our playdates. Where we choose a game, sometimes make up our own rules, and play for a while. Enjoy listening and playing along. Or don't. I mean, we can't hear you. It's a podcast. Hi everybody, I lost a bet. So today, the introduction to the show will be done by Allie. Hi everybody, my name is Allie. And this is my friend, Dash. Hi. And we're here to brighten up your Wednesday. Uh, we're here to play some games for you, and we're going to play uh, an oldie but a goodie. Back in season one, we played this game, and it is our second most popular episode. Yeah, this is uh, I Descent, which is based on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. May she rest. May she rest in peace and power. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to play the two-player version of this game, which is we choose a topic card. And one person picks an opinion card, either agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. And then we argue, and ultimately you decide who the true winner is. Because we don't have any judges. Right. Y'all, y'all are the judges. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we'll, we might actually put some of these up, and then you guys can vote on it on our Instagram. That'd be cool. Yeah. We did that last time, and it was super fun. Mm-hmm. So hop yeah. on over to our Instagram, at Society Circus. And you can play along with us. Yeah. Now, a little bit of a disclaimer. One of these is going to require us to possibly agree with some stuff or topics that we don't necessarily agree with. We just want to make sure that we're just doing it for the sake of the show and the game and not because these uh, reflect the personal opinions of those giving them. That's right. We're forced to give the opinion on the card. Right. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Dash pick the first topic card. All right. So the first topic is vinyl records sound better. Ooh, what a good topic. All right, so I'm going to pick the opinion, and my opinion is disagree. (sighs) Ooh. Disagree, yeah. Okay. So you want me to, oh, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. In favor of it. Vinyl records sound better because in the words of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character in Almost Famous. Wow. I'm going deep here. Philip Seymour Hoffman in Almost Famous. And I quote, Records have background noise because life has background noise. That's not even your argument. That's a That's line my argument. from a movie. No, that, because that is the greatest argument. You want that background noise. You want that grittiness. You want that roughness. Because that's how the music was meant to be heard, let me, man. Let me counter you. Oh, oh please. Let me because counter it's you. your job to counter so- me. <laughs> That's what the card is telling me to do, and frankly, <laughs> I am going to do it. Sure. His. Do you know the character's name in the movie? I do not. Lester Bangs. <laughs> oh, <is> Anyway, <laughs> I love I that forgot. movie. I forgot. Yeah, I love that His movie. His name is Lester Bangs. Almost um, famous, folks. Watch it. It's fantastic. What a great, God, I want to watch great it now. movie. <laughs> I thought we'd go on a date first, and then I'd watch you pee. Um, sorry. Back to the topic at hand, which is that vinyl records sound better. I'm going to vehemently disagree. Mm. Not only because that is the card that I drew, but also because we listen to music for an escape, right? Mm. Yes, life may have background noise, but I'm experiencing life every day. Mm. I'm listening to music to escape from that life. I'm listening to music to get to another place, another plane of existence, to believe that the world can be a better place, to really drown myself in a particular feeling, to Mm. 
to have the music wash over me and transport me somewhere. So I cannot be distracted by the background noise of regular life. I am listening to music to escape from regular life, and I don't need to be reminded of it by background noise. Mm -hmm. Counterpoint. Uh, Have you ever heard of the Uncanny Valley Paradox? Yes, I have. All right. Well, for those of you who are listening to us who haven't heard of Uncanny Valley, it basically describes... um, computer-generated imagery that so closely mimics human uh, look and interaction that it becomes unsettling subconsciously I get to the human very mind. unsettled. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, like there's video games and stuff from mm-hmm. like, I cannot look at this. Yeah. I, it gives me very mm-hmm. weird feelings There's There's tons of like deep fake stuff where they've taken oh, like yeah. Jim Carrey mm-hmm. and put him over Jack Nicholson's face. Mm-mm. Jack Nicholas's? Jack Nick, which one is the lemon guy? The lemon guy? Yeah, the the lemonade guy. Jack Nicholas. That's Jack, Jack Palmer. Sorry, isn't it? Arnold. Palmer. Arnold Palmer. We got all those we, wrong. These are <laughs> yeah. all wrong. Jack. Anyway, Nic- they- Jack Nicholson is Jack an Nicholson actor. Is an Jack actor. Nicholas is a golf player. There you go. Okay. So, <laughs> and Arnold Palmer is a golf player who makes lemonade. Who makes lemonade? Okay. So, um, yeah, those deep fakes, they're just so real that it's unsettling. Well, that's how music is. We keep trying to perfect it and perfect it and perfect it and perfect the interactions between the media and the headphones or earphones that you're using so that there's no loss of information. But I got to tell you, there's just a deep fidelity that comes with a simple needle in the groove of some vinyl. So the Uncanny Valley gives me a very specific feeling that music on a CD does not give me. I've never had that feeling. And the point to me of recording music is that this is this is a record of what this song sounds like given all the perfect conditions. Mm. But then when you see the person live, that's when you have the true symphonic experience, right? That's when it is the the imperfections make it perfect. Mm. But I think that the the recording of the music is supposed to sound um, as good as it could possibly sound if it's not a live album, which is a different a different thing to hmm. me. Okay, all right. Well, but I don't get that same feeling from a CD, so I don't I don't right really buy into the uncanny valley argument there well i guess our audience is gonna have to vote and see which one of us is correct yeah for the for the record i'm on team vinyl (laughs) i am yeah i'm definitely on team vinyl i think that something happens when the music resonates from the needle and hits the air Mm. that gives it a, a quality that like a cd just doesn't have and that whirring is very it's like very mm-hmm. asmr yeah which is a great you get that nice yeah that yeah that nice whir. yeah yeah it's dope i like it all right yeah i'm about it i'm topic. about it for the record okay so i'm gonna pick the topic and now dash is gonna pick the opinion yeah <clears throat> magic eight balls are more reliable than tarot cards Ooh. Magic eight balls are more reliable than tarot cards. And I have to disagree. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. So magic eight balls are more reliable than tarot cards for the following reason. There are less options. So therefore, statistically, Mm -hmm. when you flip it, 
you're more likely to get what it is that you want. Because I think both of these are really just ways to confirm that the choice that you're making is the one that you want to be making. Mm, okay. Right. I, I don't, I don't know if people do it because they really are open or if it's more yeah. like, no, I'm trying to trigger a specific feeling about that answer. Mm-hmm. And by triggering that feeling, I know that the answer is yes or no. Okay. Fair. Yeah. So this, this argument is flawed to begin with because there are two routes that we could take here. We can either assume that magic eight balls and tarot cards are real spiritual objects that can read vibrations and such, or they're complete bull and, you know, it's whatever it is, is whatever it is. And eight ball is completely random and the tarot cards are also random and up for interpretation. So there are two arguments to be made. Uh, I'm going to go down the, well, let's say either, right? The magic eight ball has a 20 sided die or what we in the D and D world like to call a dodecahedron. And it's not 20 sided. Yeah. 20 sided. No, it's not. Yeah. Totally. There's no way that there's 20 answers to a magic eight ball. Uh, that's the last time I checked. It was a 20 sided die. Okay. So anyway, the, the, you have a one in 20 chance of getting uh, any specific answer correction one in 19, because one of those answers is going to be try again. Right. So, the tarot cards, however many there are, gives you an unlimited number of options, which means that the person drawing them is going to get a specific uh, selection of cards that are just meant for you. Therefore, tarot cards, more accurate than a Magic 8-Ball. Now, let's assume that it's BS, that they're both fake, they both don't matter. The Magic 8-Ball just gives you whatever random answer whether it's you whether it's another person whether it's whatever now a tarot card reading done by a professional who is a fake psychic and can read you as a person or maybe a real psychic well no this is this is now assuming that this is bs oh okay i already defended the real psychics um fake psychics are still going to give you a better reading than a random die roll so therefore Tarot cards are more reliable than Magic 8-Balls. I would argue that life itself is purely random. It's chaos. Therefore, a Magic 8-Ball is a much closer representation of the chaos of life Mm. than tarot cards. Also, it's going to give you a clear answer, right? Tarot cards are up for interpretation. So, like, you get the card and there's, like, here's what it means, here's what it could mean in combination with this thing and Mm -hmm. this other thing and whatever, right? But a Magic 8-Ball is, like, you get a certain number of yes answers, a certain number of no answers, and a certain number of, like, hey, check back later Mm, answers. Right. As opposed to tarot cards, which are open for interpretation by nature and therefore open to misinterpretation. Sure. Okay. Yes, it is more. Well, see, that's the thing, though. Is it open to more misinterpretation? Because you have a person reading the tarot cards and interpreting them right in front of you, looking at you as a person and knowing you as a person. Sometimes it's just like your friend doing your tarot card reading, right? So they know you even better. So their interpretation is going to be what they know you personally. Whereas Magic 8-Ball is just, it's a coin flip. It's yes or no. 
Most times while you're shaking the magic eight ball, you know what answer wants to come up. You don't care what the eight ball is going to say. Should I ask him out? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Right. That's what makes the eight ball more accurate is it gives you. So, like, should I ask him out? Right. That's the question. You go to the magic eight ball and it says no. And you feel, oh, well, then the answer is yes. Right. Right. You know what the answer is, regardless of what the eight ball says. Mm. The eight ball is there to trigger the re- the gut response, sure. which is what your real answer to gotcha. the question is. Okay. Although I will say you're asking different types of questions to each, right? right. Magic eight ball, you're answering a yes or no question. Yes. Whereas a tarot card, I think, is a more comprehensive future past situation than just right. Yeah. Like, should I ask him out? Mm-hmm. To to me, I. I I don't know. I I've think I've had gotten... one tarot card reading. You've had a tarot life. card reading. I did. I did it for fun. It was huh. interesting. They tell you anything uh, that stands out to you? Not really. It was so, <laughs> so, so long ago. Not yeah. really. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's yeah. interesting. I love Magic 8 Balls. I just love the concept of them. I never had one and I wanted one so badly, but yeah. I never, I never <laughs> had one. And I did look it up. You yeah. were right. It is a 20-sided dice. Told you. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. All right. So the argument now is toilet paper roll over, not under. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to draw an opinion <laughs> card. All right. I guess I have to agree with this. You have to agree with over? I have to agree with over, not And you're under. upset about that? Yeah. Really? I personally have zero strong feelings about the way in which a toilet paper roll oh, should be placed. We should switch because I have a very strong opinion I about really one. I really do not have a strong <laughs> opinion about it. I can tell you that in my current... I'm arguing the other side. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> I can tell you that in my current bathroom situation, the rolls of toilet paper that we buy are so big that when they're fresh, when it's a freshly changed roll, uh-huh. you cannot pull enough... Before it gets stuck in the upper little lip thing. And then it breaks. And then it breaks off. Right. And that's an up, that's a, that's an over. Right. And I don't like that. I don't support it. But I feel like an under, (laughs) an under, it's a better flow. It's Mm. just a much better flow. But anyway, I have to argue that toilet paper roll over, not under. I I feel like at this point, our opinions are so varied that we could ignore the opinion card and just, just argue about it. And and let our audience decide. Yeah. I'm supposed to argue agree. I'm not doing it. I have strong feelings. I don't I don't care which way the toilet paper roll is. Uh, I don't care. Judge me all you want. Mm-hmm. The purpose of the toilet paper is met regardless of how one pulls it from the roll. Okay. All right. I, I'm an over guy. I prefer beards to mullets. Um, the patent for the toilet paper roll shows the roll of toilet paper flowing over as opposed to under and behind. Um, to, to me, it just makes sense, right? Like when you're unrolling the toilet paper and you rip off the section that you're taking, right? Be- if it's from behind, you get like an extra three or four inches that are just going to dangle there under the toilet paper. Whereas if it's over, whatever you take off, it's just going to sit. It's just going to sit real nicely right on top of the toilet paper roll, not bothering anybody, not dangling down, tempting the cats. But it's a roll. So you can just roll it. But see, that's a whole nother step that you need to go into now. It's not really another step. I feel like it's a whole nother step. It's really not. Let me ask you a question. Your toilet paper doesn't fit in the roll, right? Right. Do you get one of those, like, each one of these rolls is equivalent to three rolls of the other guy? I think so, yeah. Yeah, one of those uh, two 
compares to a hypothetical roll of toilet paper that nobody's ever seen. What? <laughs> it's one of those toilet paper rolls that no, compares itself. No, they just compare it to like single ply toilet paper that you get at like <laughs> school? school or work or like any place where you're like, I'm, <clears throat> I'm really gonna have to make some decisions. Sure, I'm not. See, I'm not a two ply person. I'm not. I'm very. Again, I'm a simple man. Give me. No, you gotta invest. In give me that one ply scotch. Mm-mm. You gotta invest <laughs> in good toilet paper. Listen. Uh-uh. It's worth it. I mean, you're worth it. Listen, Dash, you're worth it. Okay? <laughs> I'm worth a good toilet paper. You are worth good toilet paper. All right. As long as it's you, not like the moisturized, lotion-y kind. You that... <laughs> are worth it. If that's what you want, mm-hmm. if you want like a tissue but for your butt, <laughs> you should have it. Thank you. Yeah. Now, the one place I won't compromise on is uh, the baby wipes. They're a must-need. We are not savages. We live in a civilized society. Moisturized wipes are a must in this day and age. They're and if called you're not, baby wipes. Get on for that. A they started as baby wipes. They are now moisturized wipes. They say flushable, but don't flush them. That is bad, bad news for sewer systems everywhere. Moisturized wipes. Go for it. Get on it. Be fresh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I do not have strong feelings about toilet paper. Oh, uh, I do. I can't stand it. My parents do the the underneath every time I go to their house. I here's the other argument. Here's the other argument. Yeah. When you are replacing a roll, uh huh. Right. You see where the seam is, but I can't always tell which way that seam is going to pull. I see the seam. And unless you're, like, pulling up a little bit of toilet paper, I don't always know if it's, like, an upper or a downer. Well, you don't prepare it beforehand? No, I just put it on the thing. What? No. You have to, like, tear off the little piece it's glued on. Make Why? sure it's good to go. You're fold wasting... it into a little triangle just Who to get it started. Who is doing that? I, I, I'm doing it because I'm thinking of the person that comes behind me. In the house that you live in by yourself? I, I don't... When I have guests over... You come over? I have never once seen your toilet paper folded. Never once. And here's the other thing. If I'm folding my toilet paper for myself, how am I going to feel like I'm on vacation when I see it in a hotel? <laughs> That's nothing special. With a little That's wet just stamp. every day. <laughs> I want to feel fancy when I go to a hotel, even if it's a garbage hotel. If that toilet paper is folded, boom, fancy. I disagree. I, 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 I believe you should treat yourself to amenities as many times no, as you possible. don't because you buy garbage toilet paper. <laughs> what a liar. Just my preference in toilet paper. Never mind. Anyway, we talked way too much about toilet paper this episode. Uh, listen, it's a, <laughs> it is an equalizer. We all have opinions yeah. on toilet paper. Yeah. We use it every day. <laughs> I hope. If yeah. not, see a doctor. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we know. We see it. We have uh-huh. feelings about it. And we should talk about it more. We should talk about we it more. We should talk about it more. Yes. Destigmatize talking about toilet paper. Yeah. So that was I Descent by Buffalo Games. Um, and uh, go ahead, go to our Instagram at Society Circus uh, on debut day of this podcast episode and vote. Uh, let us know what you think about these, whether you agree or disagree with them. Yeah, that'll be fun. Interact mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. All right, that was another episode of Playdate with Dash and Allie on the Allie part. I'm the Dash part. Bye. Bye. 
the podcast you just heard was a production of Society Circus Players. With your hosts, Alicia Garcia and Dash Maverick. If you want to interact with us, send comments or questions, you can reach out to us at our email at thesocietycircus at gmail.com. Again, that's thesocietycircus at gmail.com. If you like what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. And if you didn't like it, share it with an enemy. If you want to find out more about our quality, clean comedy, visit societycircusplayers.com. And finally, if life's a circus, we're the clowns! I almost like exclusively stocked that for you now. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs>